Good morning. Will you stand and join me in the call to worship? We are witnesses to every promise God makes. We are witnesses to every blessing the Spirit bestows. We are witnesses to the ends of the earth. no sin, then the truth is not in us. Let us be bold to come before God and one another now as we confess our sins. Let us pray together. Faithful and loving God, we confess we are not sure if we want to be your witnesses. We wonder if we are worthy of professing your majesty. 
when we do not always understand it ourselves. For some of us, it's easy enough to speak of your glory on Sunday or with our church friends, but Monday morning, our voices are still, hushed by seemingly more important work of business, community, and family. Forgive us. Forgive us for our hesitation to be your ambassadors in this world. Take mercy on our momentary fixation on heaven and refocus our gaze. Be the very lens through which we focus a vision so that all we do and all we say may proclaim your steadfast love and faithfulness and your promise for our future. We pray in the risen Christ's holy name. Amen. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. and welcome to Yorkfield Presbyterian Church. We're blessed by your presence here this morning and eager to share the worship of God with you. Take this moment, if you will, to let us know of your presence, your prayer concerns, and your interest in fellowship events by filling out the friendship tab that you'll find on your bulletin here. Tear that off and place it in the offering plate when it passes you. A few announcements this morning. Next Sunday is Pentecost, and we will celebrate Holy Communion, the reception of new members, and we will also recognize our graduating high school seniors. Also on Pentecost, we will receive a special offering, an offering that will be dedicated to the well care of children and youth. 40% of this special Pentecost offering will remain here locally, and your Mission Commission has decided that those funds will be designated for scholarships for youth encouraged to attend the Youth Triennium, which will happen next summer. Two weeks from now is All Music Sunday, and I encourage you to come and share your gifts, whether those are gifts of singing, gifts of instrumental music, drumming, dancing, whatever they may be. If you're interested in joining in All Music Sunday, please let me know today after worship or call the church office. Then on June 14th, we will gather for the congregational meeting, which will happen in between the two worship services. We'll elect elders and deacons and review the program year. And your annual reports will be available for you to, to take a look at next on Sunday, June 7th. You can pick those up. Coming up this summer, there are a few key things. Those dates are in your happenings, and you may want to put them on your summer calendar now before it gets too filled. The picnic and corn boil will be a combined one event this summer on July 19th. The run for hunger is on Sunday, July 26th. 
Vacation Bible School will take place the week of August 3rd through the 6th, and all church camp will be the weekend of August 21st. Please let us know of your interest in those events, if you have questions or if you would like to volunteer for them. I'd also like to take this moment to offer a few special thank yous to folks in our congregation. <clears throat> First, I'd like to um, send out a huge thanks to Sandy Chapman and all those who have worked with her in preparing the gardens. You've probably noticed the beauty of the grounds. New plantings have been made, trimmings have been made, uh, mulch has been spread on every inch imaginable, and doesn't the churchyard look wonderful? So our great thanks go out to Sandy Chapman, the trustees, and all of those who are helping her with gardening. I also want to thank Ann Raley, who is serving as our uh, accompanist, our pianist this morning, and helping us to lead worship. Thank you, Ann, for filling in while Darlene has a week of vacation. Children of the church, will you come up and join me, please? Have you ever been a witness? No? You've never served as a witness? Have you ever been a witness, Jess? You're not sure. What's a witness? Do you know what a witness is? What do you think a witness is? Someone in court. Sometimes a witness is someone in court who offers words or testimony to what they've seen and what they believe the truth to be. A witness can be anyone who has seen something or experienced something and then they tell us about it. It's that simple. So I want you to look in here. Go ahead, you can hold it. <clears throat> Put it up to your eye. Turn it around. Keep turning. What do you see? You see flowers. What colors do you see? Red, blue, black, white, and green. All right. Let's see what your sister sees. So you now have been a witness. You have seen something, and you've told everyone out here what you saw. You are a witness. You see flowers too? Red, blue, yellow, and green, and pink. I don't think you saw pink, did you? But she saw pink. Wow. So you both looked at the same thing, but saw slightly different things. So you would tell the story of what you saw, and Sam, you would tell the story of what you saw. And that's being a witness. And today's Bible story teaches us that Jesus wants us to be a witness. Jesus calls us to go out and tell our friends and our neighbors, and even people that we don't know, who Jesus is, what we have seen, what we have felt, and what we have heard. So being a witness is pretty easy. It's just talking and telling people what you think and what you've experienced. 
One important thing about being a witness is, like you said earlier, telling the truth, the truth as you see it. So your truth was you saw pink. And your truth was you saw green, blue, black, and white. So I encourage you to go and be a witness for Jesus and tell Jesus' story everywhere. Let's say a prayer. Dear God, give us words to speak clearly and encourage us to be a witness for all the world. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You can go back to your seat. The Psalter lesson for today comes from Psalm 93. Listen to the word of God. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is girded with strength. He has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. More majestic than the thunders of the mighty seas, more majestic than the waves of the sea, majestic on high is the Lord. Your decrees are very sure. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Will you pray with me? O holy God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, our understanding of your word be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The second lesson for today comes from the book of Acts, the very first chapter. Listen for the word of God to you. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, this is what you have heard from me, for John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the time or the periods that the Father, Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit who has come upon you, 
and you will be my witnesses in all of Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them, They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. You fooled me. I thought you wouldn't catch on. Because then I was going to say to you, you don't sound so convinced, but you do sound convinced. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes, today marks the seventh Sunday of the season of Eastertide. In fact, just yesterday, I removed the colored plastic eggs from the bush in our front yard. You know, I was starting to sense that the neighbors might be wondering about that crazy pastor who lives on the block. Will she ever take those Easter eggs off the bush? Or is she one of those types who leaves the Christmas lights up all summer long? No, not at all. I just relish living into every single day of Eastertide. So after the lilies have long faded and the remainders of the daffodils have been braided and the world may be headlong into picnics and sunscreen, I'm pausing right here for the last Sunday of Eastertide. Just this past Thursday, the Christian world celebrated the ascension of the Lord. I'll admit it, not a high holy day for those of us in mainline Protestant churches, but certainly a significant day to the twelve disciples. Can you imagine what this must have been like for them? They had left their families, their livelihood, their nets on the boats. They had left and traveled the countryside with this Jesus, this leader, going through countryside and city for the last three years. They were never quite sure where they were going or what lessons Jesus might be teaching them, but they followed. Then just as Jesus' teachings were starting to make sense and more and more people were saying yes to his ministry, the tide turns and he's crucified by the powers. Scared and uncertain, they deny that they have ever known him and they hide in the upper room. Jesus is crucified and buried. Jesus Christ is resurrected and lives. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. For 40 days now, Jesus has been walking with them after the resurrection. He eats with them. He shares fish with them. He even grills breakfast for the disciples on the beach. And he offers them many convincing proofs that he is alive. And then suddenly, with no warning, Christ ascends into the heavens. The risen Christ leaves the disciples and takes his place with God. 
and they stand there, gazing at the heavens. I imagine their mouths were a bit aghast, frozen in their tracks in amazement. They're transfixed on the transformation of Jesus. It's happening again. Everything is changing. Nothing is as they knew it. We look through the kaleidoscope and shift the wheel and everything changes. New colors, new shapes. It doesn't seem that long ago to me that my husband Sam taught me how to use a camera. Although it was probably, I don't know, more than 25 years ago now that this actually took place. It seems rather recent to me. It was one of those old-fashioned cameras, you know, the single reflex lens, the one where the photographer has to actually focus the lens. You have to set the aperture. You have to select a shutter speed, and then you also have to frame the picture. I loved learning this new art form, and I looked forward to the long weekends that we would have just traveling all around the city, photographing people and places and exploring and having adventures. Gazing through the lens, I had to decide what would I focus on? What could I see through the lens and what image did I want to grab? Now I could focus the lens so that I could see up close, get that macro vision, be right on the micro vision, be right on top of it. And everything in the background would be fading. Or I could focus on the middle ground and get a pretty clear, clear, clear image or moving the lens to focus on what was very far away from me would leave everything that was close by a bit blurry. Each of these producing amazing effects. I wonder if that's what it was like for the disciples, trying to decide where they would fix their gaze and what would they focus on next. With their eyes locked on heaven, the disciples could focus on only one thing at that particular moment. Jesus was gone. And again, they were left alone. They blinked once and twice, maybe even rubbing their eyes, not sure what they have just witnessed. What are they going to do with this first person witness that they have received? I bet the disciples were most comfortable staying in their home of Jerusalem. Sure, Jesus, we're happy to stay right here in this place where it's comfortable and it feels like home. Jesus tells them to remain right there in the city in Jerusalem because for not many days from now, the Holy Spirit will come and baptize you. Jesus tells the disciples the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witness right here in this place, in Jerusalem, in the hometown. You will be the witness team. And you will be my witnesses in the whole nation, but not only this nation of Judea, you will also be my witness in the nation of Samaria. And that's not all. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth not waiting for any question or answer sessions, 
Not a moment's pause for any one of the disciples to say yes or to say no to this call. After this proclamation, Jesus transforms and transcends, rising to the heavens. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, the day on which we mark the blessing of the Holy Spirit. How will the Holy Spirit baptize us on this year on Pentecost? Indeed, what are the new things or the old things to which we are being called to take up or to continue? After celebrating the glory of the resurrection and proclaiming ourselves an Easter people, now is the time for us to take up our call to be witnesses. We have seen and heard and felt and witnessed the powerful love of God, a love so intense that no earthly power could or can or ever will overcome it. So now, my friends, what will our witness be? And how will we go about it? What will we choose to focus on? Now, this is not something as easy or as arbitrary as rotating a lens and choosing a subject, selecting a frame. Discerning our call requires listening carefully to the Holy Spirit. It means being willing to sit quietly long enough to let the Spirit's will shower over us. And it will take all of us. It'll take this entire body and even those folks who aren't here today. Not just one disciple, not just one commission, not even just one holy session. It will take the whole of us to discern God's will. Perhaps part of our witness will be to our hometown, to our neighbors and to our community that are close by. And then another part of our witness will go out to the regions and to the nations. And yes, even those folks who are living in nations like Samaria, Samaria, where our enemies live, nations that we don't particularly get along with so well. And in fact, our love of Jesus Christ and our witness to a powerful God who gives eternal life must go to the very ends of the earth. In just a few weeks, we'll have our annual meeting. <clears throat> it's a time for us to pause and to mark the end of the program year. It has a bit of a celebration in it. Now, many of you in the congregation were busy this week writing reports to document, document your witness of what took place this year. In two weeks, on June 7th, you'll pick up your own copy of the annual report, dutifully read it all week long before we gather again for the annual meeting, and you will hear how we have answered our call to be witness this year. But let's take a little preview look right now. What might it look like? What have we witnessed to this year? So now I'm asking you to participate with me. What has been our witness this past year to the hometown folks? What has been our witness to those that are close by and in this community? What are we doing to witness to these folks? Food pantry? Path. The run for hunger. Vacation Bible school? Choir? Welcoming new friends. 
I bet some of you have even told your neighbors about this place and invited them to come and be here. Some of you have welcomed family members who maybe haven't been here for a while, and now they're coming back again. You've gathered together in small groups. You've studied God's holy word, and you've prayed with one another and for one another. These are ways we witness to the hometown crowd. What about our witness to the region and to the nation? What about our witness to places that are a little further out than our hometown community? What are we doing there? Work trips, where have we gone? Iowa. Voting. So we vote with conviction about what we believe. We take a stand and we encourage leaders to rise up in our government to make decisions supporting our own convictions and our own ethics. Mission. Hmm? Mission giving. Mission giving. So I'd be happy to tell you about mission giving. Let me tell you a little bit about where your mission-giving dollars have gone to support the region and the nations. You've heard about Interfaith Council for the Homeless. Bill Johnson was with us in December, and some of us went and actually went to the apartments where homeless women are welcomed into their own apartments, given a key to their home, given dignity and a door that opens up into an opportunity of new life for them. You are supporting the witness of Jesus Christ, and the Interfaith Council for the Homeless. The Night Ministry. Your mission dollars are supporting what happens on the streets at night to be with homeless teenagers and homeless young adults, providing them health care and lunches and clean socks. Your youth group is going to take a mission trip this summer. Where are they going? South Dakota, right? Aren't they going to the Rosebud Reservation? Yes, they are. And so they will take the witness of Jesus Christ in their hands and their hearts and in their eyes and the stories that they tell when they are there with the children and the adults on that reservation. Now what about the ends of the earth? What are we doing to witness to the ends of the earth? Amen. Buying and using fair trade products. And I didn't even plant her. What else are we doing? The Wells for Samuel, who went back to his homeland, one of the lost boys of Sudan, to dig wells to provide clean water. What else are we doing? Praying. We are praying. We are praying and we are singing and we are praying some more. Support for Daniel Suits, a member of our congregation who is serving in the Peace Corps in South Africa. She is our witness. She is a witness for Jesus Christ that through the support of this community offers God's word. What about John McCall? He is God's witness of the gospel and the good news in Taiwan. And funds that we offer support his ministry. Compassion International Children. As a congregation, we take some of what we can offer to God to support children 
to be a witness to God's love to them, to give them schooling and health care. Pretty good stuff. And now what will the Holy Spirit call us to be about this next year? How might we witness to the love and the power of Christ so that his reign in this world might grow even more this next year? So these are my challenges to you. What if we were to expand the boundaries that are served by the food pantry? What if we provided groceries for our neighbors that were living right next door in Berkeley and in Hillside, just a mile from us? I ask you, will a God of abundance provide for us all the food that is needed, all the volunteers that are needed, so that we might serve more hungry people? Could it be possible? What if instead of just sending our checks to city and urban ministries, we actually used our time to join in the witness of serving homeless teens on the street at night? What if we found a sister congregation in the city and joined them in Bible study, using their understanding and their witness of what's happening, what God's doing in their lives, joined with ours? They would witness to us and help us read God's word in new ways and we would witness with them. What if we actually traveled to the ends of the earth to serve and give our witness for Jesus Christ? What if we boldly joined in joyous worship of God that allows folks who are living in war-torn parts of Colombia, what if we joined them in worship and singing and raising our voices in praise of God? What if we joined hands with Colombian Christians and offered a witness in their villages and in their towns that nothing, not guerrillas, not paramilitaries, not suffering, not hunger, will ever separate us from the love of God? Imagine the witness that we could offer. And here's the great thing about being a witness for God. Every time that we feel that we are giving a witness and a testimony to someone else, we receive back fourfold. All of you who have gone on a mission work trip, all of you who volunteer in pads and serve in the food pantry, you may be giving up your time and your days, but you know what you receive back. The power of a witness flows two ways. Yes. Next Sunday, the Holy Spirit will come and will once again baptize us with the fire of Pentecost. So get ready, because you just never know what the Holy Spirit will call us to do next.
us now receive the morning offering, sharing a portion of the blessing that God has given to us so that we might go and be God's witnesses in all the world. I wish to share with you a few concerns of our congregation this morning. Carol Spittler is still waiting results from a biopsy. Janet Andrews is recovering from surgery. Cindy Stoner asked for prayers for her brother-in-law, Bob Rozoff, who will be having a spinal fusion this week. We spoke earlier of Danielle Suits. Danielle asked for our prayers as she is suffering some health-related issues while she's trying to serve as a faithful Peace Corps leader in South Africa. Mark Carlson reports that his mother and former member of our congregation here, Joan, 
came into town to have knee replacement surgery last Thursday at Central DuPage Hospital. Joan is doing well. The operation was successful. She'll be in the hospital for a few days and then will be in rehab, recovering from her surgery. Mark asked for prayers for Joan's speedy recovery. And Joyce Carlin asked that we continue to be in prayer for her daughter-in-law's mother, Jean, who is in hospice care, and also for the grandchildren, who are rightfully concerned about their grandmother. What are their joys and concerns? What prayers do you have this day? that God would lead this nation in a godly and faithful way and to remember in our prayers that God is in charge. Other prayer requests today. Yes. A friend who has been in the same job for 28 years lost his job this week, and so our prayers go out for all of those who are losing jobs, who are faced with needing to change careers and positions. Other prayer requests today? Yes. Appreciation and thanksgiving for the veterans who have faithfully served this nation over generations and generations. Other prayer requests today? Join me then and let us turn our hearts to God. Living God, creator of all humankind and all living things, we thank you for the glory of this day and the blessings of our lives. With every breath we take, may we continually praise you and live in gratitude for the relationships you have given us, the challenges through which you see us, and the opportunities you set before us. Keep us awake and open our hearts as we await the coming of your Holy Spirit. Embolden us to receive your Spirit's calling for tomorrow. Fill us with the hope of possibility and the assurance that serving as your witnesses in new and perhaps unfamiliar territory, will also place us in communion with sisters and brothers that will witness to us. Each new adventure will create an opening for others to witness to us, as well as our witnesses to them. On this weekend, our nation pauses to remember and to honor all those who have bravely given their lives to protect and defend us as a people. For the values they defended, for the wounds they may have suffered, for the nights and days filled with anxiety, loneliness, and fearful uncertainty, we honor them. Hear our prayers, Almighty God as we offer to you the names of those that we know who are veterans and who have served this nation.
for our fathers and our mothers, our sisters and brothers, uncles, cousins. We offer you them in prayer. And not only those that have served in the past, but those who are currently serving. We pray for Matt Manfredi, Nick Eddington, Tammy Oglesby, Tommy Jacobson, Josh Lund, Mark Ladwig, Daniel Suits, Stephen Toburin, Aaron Wagner, and Jake Olin. God, in your mercy, protect them and guide their days. O Holy Spirit, fill the men and women serving in the military with your wisdom. Give them hearts of compassion and impeccable judgment. Guide and protect their every move. May their actions and their very presence move all nations closer to your kingdom, closer to your peace. And God, hear our prayers, our prayers that you would lead our nation and all nations of the world, for you alone are head of this universe. O oh, gracious God, let us never take for granted the freedom that we have. Hold us responsible to protect the liberties of all peoples. Compassionate God, hear our prayers for those facing uncertain times in their lives. We pray for your enlightenment to be with all who have been laid off from jobs, with all who are seeking the next career, and with families struggling to have food on the table. We yearn to live into your hope, but find the uncertainty of tomorrow overwhelming. Calm our anxiety. Fill us with your peace and lead us into your faithful plan of the future. Holy Spirit, open the doors for us. Merciful God, we pray for the sick and the healing. Be ever near Carol as she awaits test results. And give Joan Carlson a speedy recovery from knee surgery. We pray for strength of spirit and good health for Danielle. Be with Bob and his health team as he prepares for surgery this week. We pray for Janet as she recovers from surgery and ask for your mercy, peace, and comfort to be with Jean, her grandchildren, her daughter, and all her family. Listening God, hear now our prayers for all those needing your healing grace. Jesus, Jesus, we long to be your witnesses, yet we are not always clear what to do or what to say. Fill us with courage and hearts that long to share your good news. Holy Spirit, give us words and actions and opportunity to tell your story, to hear the witness of others, and to be filled with a passion that is solely yours. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Like the disciples waiting for the Holy Spirit, we too gather together and pray as Jesus taught us, saying, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. now go out into the world and witness to what you have seen what you have heard what you believe and what you feel in your heart and take with you the love of God the peace of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit now and forevermore amen Amen.